Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. Hello, mate. Hello, how are you? (laughs) I'm good, actually. I have had a really nice Easter weekend with the kids. Um, I mean, I say Easter weekend with the kids. I actually work for three days out of the four. That's why it was a nice weekend. (laughs) The time that I was with them, obviously, you know, the beginning part of last week, I decided that I was just going to put my phone down in between recording podcasts with you um, and just dedicate my energy and efforts to them and actually I got loads more out of them and I felt like I was being much more present I didn't know I don't know about you G but I'm like constantly trying to juggle you know career and stuff at heart and like I was getting a bit snappy with them like can you just wait I'm just trying to answer an email and I was like I don't know why I'm doing this because actually all they want is to just play with me for an hour so why don't I just leave my fucking phone in the kitchen and go outside and play with them and I did it and I had a it, it, it works better for me yeah, no, I agree, actually. It's so much better to sort of like structure your day. So like maybe check your emails for half an hour in the morning, put your phone away for a couple of hours, then maybe like check it again a couple of hours later, then put it away. Otherwise, you try to do two things and you can't, like you actually can't do both Yeah, things. and also when you're doing activities with them, I constantly have this like niggly voice like, oh, has somebody sent you a WhatsApp or do you need to respond to that email or, you know, do you need to write that blog or whatever it was? And, and actually that can all wait because the kids really needed me I think I don't know about you uh, George I wanted to ask you about Axel how he is but Luna's really really missing her school and her friends and her swimming and ballet and like I'm getting quite a lot of kickback from her on that yeah so I asked Axel the other day what he was worried about and he basically said he was worried about school and his friend Harvey and you you just forget don't you how important like all of those things and their like structure is and then suddenly it's all taken away from them um so yeah I mean I'm being like mindful of being a bit easier on him and like you know sort of accepting that he might you know flip out a bit more than normal and play up a bit more and stuff so yes and James hasn't been very well. I got your message yesterday. No. So on Saturday, he woke up, felt absolutely awful, spent the whole day in bed, like flu kind of symptoms. Um, same again on Sunday. But then on Sunday, he started feeling really breathless, which is obviously really worrying. And then um, again, yesterday, really breathless, um, like... He was just, I think he was really genuinely very worried because he's not used to feeling out of breath. I mean, I'm used to feeling out of breath, but he's not. So, um, 
yeah, so we obviously spoke to the GP and he sort of gave us a few things to do and he's got an inhaler and stuff. But then today he feels a lot better. So I'm hoping, um, he, you know, he's on the mend, but I think it will take a while. Do you think it's Corona? Well, I don't know. It's so hard to say, isn't it? Because he did have a temperature um, and he's yeah, got a bit of a cough and he's aching. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, so like, I, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Like, it's really, they don't, you know, if you don't, can't get a test, then how, you know, you can't ever be sure. But I mean, I guess he's he just like chilling at home, you know, the family are there, you guys can just be together and he can just get as much rest as possible, but not too much rest because he can't leave you alone with the kids for too long. Exactly. Three days of being on your, completely on your own oh, with mate. the kids. Oh my god! Like that was my limit. I think like three days was yeah. That was it. That I was like fine, and then just about to blow up. You know. <laughs> oh bless you! I wish I could be there to give you a big hug. I'm really excited um, about this podcast today. Uh, we recorded it last week, and um, it's with somebody who's kind of been on our screens for a very long time. Um, she is very well known in this country, but is one of the most down to earth, normal, funny Essex girls that you will ever meet in your life. Um, who are we chatting to today? And we're chatting to Denise Van Outen. So today's guest, well, it's a really exciting one, actually, as we sit here at home again. It's kind of our fourth remote uh, recording in the series, and it's a, it's a really lovely one today. She is, um, well, she's been on our screens for what, I'm going to say two decades. <laughs> <laughs> was uh, on The Big Breakfast back in the 90s, uh, has done radio, has done cabaret, singing, dancing, you name it. She's a mother to Betsy. Uh, it's the wonderful Denise Van Elton. Denise, how are you? Hello. Oh, I sound so old, don't I? I think it's actually even more than that if you count, um, and you know, the jobs that I did when I was a child actress as well. So probably because I've been acting since I was seven years old. So oh, long. wow. Yeah. Did you go to drama school? Yes, I did. I went to Sylvia Young. Ah, oh, fabulous. There's a lot of people that went to Sylvia Young. Georgia, you went. I went to Italia Conti. Oh, you went to Italia Conti. The rivals. The the rival, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Proper rivals. Georgia can still get a leg above her head, though, so it's all right. So can I? <laughs> I can get both legs behind my ears. I've seen you do it. I've seen you do it. Um, Listen, today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about um, raising girls. But I just want to kind of touch base with you and just find out how you are at home with everything that's going on with Corona. So how, how are things? Good. Do you know what? We've spirits are up. We've we've kind of had a bit of a routine going on, which has helped a lot. Um, because I've, my daughter Betsy needs routine. She's one of those kids. She absolutely loves going to school. So I think the biggest shock was suddenly not having to go to school and seeing all of her friends. So I tried to keep that kind of routine going. So we are up nice and early. She does a Joe Wicks workout with the rest of her classmates. Um, then we do some schoolwork. You know, we do our fitness outside to get our hours exercise. We've just tried to structure our day just a little bit. So I think that's helped a lot. Does she understand what's going on with the pandemic? Have you kind of sat down and explained to her? Because how old is she now? Is she 10? She's coming up to 10 at the 1st of May. Yeah, she does understand. And the thing is at this age, you know, it's really hard because you obviously want to protect them and you don't want them to be scared and fearful. But at the same time, I wanted her to really understand exactly what's going on. And I've had to because because she's older and also very recently we've been affected by it where we've actually lost a couple of friends, family friends. Um, So she's... She's fully aware. Thank you. Yeah, it's not. It hasn't been great. It's been, it's been quite emotional. So she's seeing all of that. So I've had to be quite honest with her. Um, 
which I just think at her age, it's it's a tricky age, really, because you sort of don't want to tell them too much. But at the same time, you know, they need to understand because they are going to read about things and hear about things on the Internet um, and talk to their school friends as well. So I had to sort of tread very carefully how we talk about what's actually going on and the magnitude of it, really. Um, but, yeah, she does understand. But then what I will say is last night in bed, She's been much more needy and wanted me to comfort her a lot more. And she called me in and I sat on her bed and we had a chat. And I said, are you okay? And she just burst into tears. And I was like, what's wrong? And she just said, I'm just really scared. And that's the first time since the lockdown, since everything started, that she's opened up and she's reacted like that. And I said, oh, what are you worried about? And she said, I'm just really worried about nanny and granddad. And so I think she's just panicking about everybody else. And I said to Eddie, actually, my other half this morning, I think we really do need to really monitor now what we have on in the house in terms of like news and the updates and everything, because I think she's seen the emotion that we've gone through in the past few days, losing our friends and then also hearing things and in their own little heads, they sit there, don't they? And they, it's sort of, they make it into something, but it is a big thing going on, but much bigger and much closer to them than it needs to be. So we had to have a proper little heart to heart last night. And I felt so sorry for her. And she said to me, she said, I just really miss my friends and it was like, well, I can understand. Cause you think, imagine being a kid and you're used to being in a class with other children and then suddenly, and she is an only child as well, so she hasn't got siblings, and suddenly, you know, she's having play dates over like FaceTime and WhatsApp video chats and Zoom and it, it must be really strange. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a, fu- it's a funny age, isn't it? Because mm. she can consume like what's going on on the TV, on the internet, on social media. There's probably like rumours going round between friends, like on WhatsApp or whatever. Um, and it must, must be really hard to control, I guess. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's why I've just... You know, in terms of who she's speaking to, and I've spoken to a few of my mum friends, and we've agreed, like, if they're having play dates, we make sure that it's really fun for them um, and try not to talk. You know, I'm trying to not have a conversation before with my friend and talking about everything that's going on. We're just trying to keep everything all upbeat and, and light. I think that's a really nice idea, actually. And I yeah. think I think that's quite quite a good kind of piece of advice because they're like sponges. And even Luna and obviously Axel, the same age, they're, they're three, but they really take on board what's going on. They're literally listening to everything. And Luna, again, me last night in bed, she was like, I really miss my school. I really miss yeah. my friends. She's three years old. She was like, when can I go back to my school? When's my school opening? And it's like, you know, she's very aware that something big is going on here yes yeah. definitely. we've noticed with Axel he doesn't particularly talk a lot about if he's worried but he started like having problems with weeing so he thinks he needs a wee all the time and so we got quite worried about it and um so we're googling and it actually turns out that that's linked to anxiety oh bless yes I know and we just never I mean to be honest until like a couple of days ago I thought we hadn't really even noticed what was going on like he didn't know he wasn't going to school he wasn't bothered but now it's coming out in different ways so we're definitely really watching what we're saying at home now as well yeah I think the hard thing as well like with Betsy she's got her birthday coming up so we've had to cancel her birthday party which you know and you think when you're coming up to 10 you know she's going into double figures <laughs> she's like she was so excited so that's going to be so strange she said, well, what will I do on my birthday and I said to Eddie we'll do as much as we can to make it really fun for her but you know it's like we can't even like yesterday we popped over to see my parents and they're seven in their 70s mid to late 70s to take some food shopping but we have to stand 
at the end of their garden to drop the shopping off. And Betsy, instinctively, she just walks in, you know, through the garden gate and goes to run up to my mum. And I'm like, stop, you can't, you know, you mustn't hug Nanny. Oh. That must be so weird. You know, just being cold, you just, and she said to me, this was quite sweet when she was really tearful last night. She said, when I was growing in your tummy, she said, did you ever imagine that one day we'd be in a lockdown together? I said it never. And she said, did you have anything like this? I said, no, we, this was never, we've never had anything like this in our lifetime. And I said, but do you know what? I said, you will, this is a piece of history. I said, and when you're older, I said, in the same way, you know, that my grandmother used to talk about the world war and everything, you'll be able to talk to your children and your grandchildren. And she got a bit excited about that. And what we have been doing is she's been writing a diary because I said to her, like, why don't you write a diary and just, you can put whatever you want in there and you can talk about, you know, even if your day's been boring, just offload and write it all down. And then I said, when you're older, you'll be able to, your children will be able to read your diary. So she's actually, that's been really good for her because she's been putting a lot of her feelings into her diary. No, it's so lovely. That is really lovely. And then she did write something really funny that made me laugh because yesterday I went to my mum's and the night before we'd had an Indian and I took over to my mum and dad, you know, you, you have your leftover Indian food. <laughs> we had a delivery. We completely overordered. You want some? And in her diary yesterday, I was reading it when she was in bed and she said, we went to see nanny and granddad. Mummy gave them all the leftovers from her curry. She's <laughs> <laughs> older and she reads this to her children. <laughs> um, this morning, Luna turned around to me and she said, mummy, I want to know when my when my school won't be closed anymore. And I said, "Oh, darling, you know, it's still because of the uh, the virus." And she went. She started to get really upset and really tear. I said, "What's wrong?" She goes, "Is it because of Iris?" And Iris is her friend who she goes to school with. And I went, "No, no, no, it's not because of Iris. It's not Iris's fault. I promise you." Oh, it's Iris. It's the virus. The virus. <laughs> yeah, they're hilarious, aren't they? Um, yeah. They're actually keeping me sane. I don't know about you, but like, there's. A lot of my friends who don't have kids, um, I've been speaking to them and, you know, they, they, don't, they don't have children. They're obviously working. They're at home all the time. But for me, I'm, I'm sort of looking at my kids and playing with them and they're keeping me going. You know, it's that yeah, exactly. joy. You can't be that sad when you've got these beautiful bundles of joy running around all the time. I mean, let me tell you, when I get them into bed at the end of the day, I'm like guzzling red wine. But up until that point, I'm fine. <laughs> And also, you don't actually have a moment, so you can't get bored. I think that's what, for me, I'm just, I can't get bored because I'm always busy with them. And then obviously, come the evening, it feels amazing. I feel like, you know, the end of the day, it's brilliant. Yeah, but- there's a lot of good that will come out of this. I think that's the other thing as well. Even Eddie said to me, because I'm the one who's always running around really, really busy all the time. And Eddie said to me, do you know, it's, he said, it's actually been really nice that we've all sat down together, like we've watched films together. We've done a lot of things that we probably wouldn't normally get to do just because this, particularly this summer, my diary was going to be so busy with work and I was traveling a lot and all my jobs have been cancelled. And we're not now trying to look at the pluses, you know, of the fact that we can actually just spend time together. And the work thing at the end of the day, yeah, it's upsetting that you lose your jobs and, you know, obviously you take a knock financially and everything, but what you get out of just spending time together and doing just normal things that you don't you know normally take for granted you don't you'd moan about do you know what I mean you think because I'd always normally feel really guilty if I was just sitting down watching a film and think I should be doing something but actually now I don't mind just sitting around and you know doing the things like not getting dressed straight away in the morning and not rushing to have a shower 
you don't feel guilty, do you? But if I was supposed to be working, and I would feel guilty about that. Yeah, and you're one of those people as well, knowing you, the, the, uh, you know, as well as I do, Dan. I know that you always have to be busy. You're always flying so here, there, and everywhere. So actually, yeah. for you, probably just grounding your feet for a bit is actually doing you the world of good. Yeah, no, it is good. And also, because I'm getting to know Betsy more in a way that I probably, for instance, even with the tears last night, as heartbreaking as it was, it was actually really nice that she was opening up to me in that way and having those conversations. It's having a different connection that we don't, we do have because we're very close anyway. We are like besties because we spent, I spent five years with her as a single mum. So we're very close. But just we then started talking about other things because I said to her, why are you so tearful? Like she just burst into tears and she said, oh, I don't know. And she said, but I have been feeling like this a lot lately. And I said, well, you know what, Betsy, it could also be your hormones. So then we had a whole chat about hormones and her body developing and her growing up. So it opened the door to another conversation. Well, and and brilliantly. I love how you've done this, Den, and I think you've yeah. done it unintentionally, but that <laughs> leads us. <laughs> She's done it before. This leads us really nicely into kind of today's subject, I guess. We wanted to talk about raising raising girls because we've each got a girl, um, and I've obviously got Isla as well, my stepdaughter, and we are each one of us are daughters at the same time. So we've had that experience between mother and daughter and now raising up our own our own daughters. So I, I wanted to kind of kick things off really with us. I, I read this thing um, about three weeks ago in The Guardian, which said one in five girls are, are going to experience a serious psychological disorder before reaching adulthood. They are a more, lot more anxious. They are a lot more likely to self-harm. They are more prone to bullying. They are more prone to binge drinking and they are more likely to be at risk of promiscuous sexual behavior. Girls are more stressed and depressed than they've ever been before, which I know is quite a heavy um, statement and it's a quite, it's quite a heavy kind of thing to get into the podcast with. But I kind of wanted to touch on what your experience um, has been with that so far and if you experienced any of that growing up, Den. Right. Well, first of all, I mean, I do think it's a real concern and I have got friends with daughters, teenage daughters, and I I know it's a real concern. Um, Growing up for me, I was in the closest thing I could get to probably peer pressures and bullying and body dysmorphia and because I've obviously as I said I've been in the industry in show business since the age of seven so I've pretty much grown up in the industry where people are judging you for how you look you know I went to I was dancing from a very young age constantly in leotard so even when your body was developing there was no hiding Um, so I've grown up with a lot of friends who've had eating disorders Um, I've seen uh, bullying because of you know being in I mean, I was not not to a, um, an extreme, but I was kind of a little bit bullied myself at school when I was very young because I was doing commercials and acting and, and it was quite alien to people then because there wasn't, we never had shows like The X Factor and all these talent shows. So kids doing TV wasn't the norm. So, you know, I got picked on a little bit, but it was never, I consider myself quite a strong character. So I wouldn't say that I was massively affected by it, Um, but I can see how easily that can happen. And I have seen it with friends of mine as well, but I do think it is a real concern. Um, It's definitely something that I am really, really conscious of and worried about for Betsy because she's definitely a much more sensitive character than I was growing up. I was quite a tough cookie, really. I'm not saying I'm not sensitive, but I've, I've, I can brush things off much quicker than she can. Um, But I just, we never had social media. There was no mobile phones. And, you know, you were, when I, in the industry that we're in, when I became known to the public, my only fear and worry was whether you were going to be in a newspaper or in a magazine. There wasn't, you were never judged 
by people on the street. You, it was just a journalist, you know. It was one person, and even though they had a lot of power, it was very easy to just brush that off. It's much harder when you become a target on social media. Um, and I can see how scary it must be for young women growing up. I, I mean, I certainly wouldn't want to be a teenager now and growing up with Instagram and, you know, all these other social media platforms where people just can have, a um, you know, the freedom to criticise you and troll you, and it, it's, it's really worrying. Yeah, what does um does Betsy use social media at the moment? I know you said no. she's ten. No, no, she doesn't. And do you know what? A lot of her friends um have got phones and do have accounts, but I've always been very anti it because I just think she's too young. And I know I know her best, and I know that she, like I said, she's a very sensitive child. And Betsy has. She's got. Can you hear snoring in the background? Sorry, it's my dog. By the way, the pressures of the media. Sorry, I've lost yeah. my train of thought. No, no, no. I'll just pick up because um, a friend of mine was talking to me the other day about her stepdaughter, and it was one of the most worrying conversations that I've ever, ever been part of. And it was basically that her stepdaughter was being bullied at school, and then she would come home at the end of the day. She's fourteen years old. She would go to her bedroom, and then the bullies, the trolls, were hammering her on Snapchat and on Instagram. And she said that she was very concerned for her life at that point because she was like she cannot get away from it she cannot she can't just you know when we were kids we'd come home from school and we'd be you know out playing in the garden or you know with our mum and dad and we'd be able to shut the door and get away from it these days you just cannot get if someone's targeting you they can get you whenever they want yeah I do think something needs to be done there though I think it's really important that you know I think the powers that be should actually now stop that i don't think the all the liking and commenting should be allowed um, yeah do you not think you know i don't think so i really don't i mean i've had what i do is i mean i've got to be honest even if i if i read things about me comments like i said because i've had it for so many years i don't really take any notice of it but sometimes if i've posted something in particular that i just know there's going to be a backlash i just switch my comments off because if it's something that i'm doing for a reason or I'll give you an example. Um, when I've recently been doing Neighbours, and when my first episode aired, um, I got loads and loads of comments, like, because people are funny when it comes to, like, soap and things. And people, because I'm playing a character, people never really get seeing me playing a character. They think I'm, you know, because they can't, they just find it odd that I'm not being me, if you know what I mean. So then they... So there was loads of things written on social media that I was reading all these comments on and they were getting nastier and nastier. Oh, and then in the end, I just thought, but you know what? I was fine with it because I just thought, like some of them were probably justified anyway. <laughs> but I was just like, you know, when you're reading some of them and they go like, you're a really crap actress. And then I watched like a couple of scenes and I thought, yeah, you're right there. Not going to delete that one. <laughs> you know, just, no, but there are certain things and people get actually really nasty. Like people are putting things like, oh, you've really aged and, you know, you look, you need Botox and things like that. And I'm like, I'm acting like I'm not going to be, if my face was frozen, I wouldn't be doing the job properly, you know. It's, but they start writing things. And then it got to the point where I just thought, oh, I can't be bothered with it. So when I then had to post, obviously, for the show, when they ask you to post, like, can you post to say when the show's going to be on? And we had the big 35th anniversary recently, so obviously I had to put things on. I just posted the clips and switched the comments off. Because I just thought, if you're a fan of the show, you can see I'm advertising it. I don't need your comments. Do you know what I mean? I don't need you to tell me what you think of me as a person or you didn't like my hair or you hate the dress that they put me in and it made me look fat or whatever and, or old. And I don't want to know. 
So I've learned to do that. But with the kids, I think like what I've done with Betsy is she hasn't got any accounts at all. We also monitor what she has. Like she's got her own iPad, but she doesn't have it on a Monday to Friday unless it's for school reasons, like for work, for education. So she just has it at the weekend. And you know what I'm really pleased with is the fact that she very rarely even asks for it because she's not used to having it. So at the weekend, sometimes we get to a Sunday evening and she'll go to me, I forgot to have my iPad this weekend. And then I'll say, well, you know, it's Monday tomorrow. So if you haven't asked for it, and she's like, oh, okay. She's not bothered by it. Um, I'm sure that will change as she becomes a teenager. But I would hope by then, I would hope that something changes, something has to change. And who knows, even with what's going on now, because I'm always trying to be a positive person and I like to think something good comes out of something really bad. Hopefully, this whole situation of – my dog's getting louder and louder. I'm hoping with everything that's going on, people will start to be nicer to each other and kinder to each other and people won't want to read and see bad things. That's what I'm really hoping will come out of this. Yeah, I think – I mean, girls are sort of renowned for being bitchy, aren't they, when they're teenagers? Yeah. I think we've all – you know, we've all been through it. We've probably been bitchy ourselves to other people at some point in our lives and usually because there's something else going on. But I think the scary thing is that – there is no end to it. You know, no, now, no. as Zoe as was saying, like before, you know, you might have an argument at school, but then you'd go home to your mum and dad and you'd probably forget about it until the next day, at least, or it might be over. But now there's photos. You almost can't get away from your mistakes. You can't, you know, you can't go back on what you've said because it's there. Um, how, and how- it's all the editing of pictures as well, like the constant editing of like changing your appearance that's the thing that scares me I mean I won't say but we've got a very close family friend and she's 19 my friend's daughter and she's been like changing the, her hairline on pictures because she thinks her forehead's too big and I was like are you joking me like she's literally changing her hairline and I thought I mean, Why? Oh, and it's God. because there was a comment about it and so, because I just thought, I said, you look different in these pictures. And she said, oh, yeah, I, I've got quite a, re- a high hairline, but I change it. And I was like, you don't need to. You've got such a beautiful face. And that's scary. And, th- and that is, um, you know, we've been speaking about our own experiences, you know, as grown women and mm-hmm. how we kind of react to them. Then you've kind of touched on what you do when you get negative comments to you, but you've had however many years of kind of practice at dealing with those. And I'm sure at some point they were hurting you. Imagine our daughters having to go through that. And there isn't, I, I, it, it fills me with dread. It's the one thing that I worry about for Isla and Luna is, you know, the social media aspect and, um, the, the whole technology, the fact that they are kind of vulnerable and they have to get involved to a degree, but I don't want them to be on it so much that they don't experience the sort of childhood that I had. Because to be honest with you, I was outside all the time, just playing and playing, just mucking around, building dens, the freedom. And I feel like what social media does is make you so paranoid and anxious in certain situations for a child to have to deal with that. How, I mean, I, I get it. I, someone told me the other day, have you got an eating disorder? And it sent me into this spiral because I did have an eating disorder, but I've been well for 10 years. I didn't feel very well in that moment. I felt really vulnerable. Yeah, that's horrible. It's just judging people, isn't it? And it's um, making sort of assumptions about people and their lives and it, all of that. It's just that's it's just awful. And I know I'd, I, I never had it. I mean, I'm older than all of you, I'm sure. And I just, it was, none of this existed. Nothing. I mean, I was around when like the first, um, gossip magazine came out that's how old I am and it was like 
the first experience of it and it was a bit like what i've never noticed that you know when i laugh i get a double chin um but to then suddenly be told that constantly by other people and if i was a teenager and just young and impressionable it would probably would have sent me sideways we'll be right back after the short break How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So welcome back. Uh, Back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? You know, I've not worked in showbiz, but I think... Um, you know, acting and singing and dancing when I was young and going to stage school, I think that kind of toughened me up because I learned yeah. about rejection and people did used to say, oh no, you know, your face doesn't fit for this particular part and you sort of just get on with it. But I think for me, like teaching Gigi that it doesn't matter what she looks like really. And if someone says something horrible about about her that she should just brush it off and I know it's difficult but that's I think that's you know from lessons that I've learned from being young it is about language teaching our girls yeah that some you know if someone says something horrible to you that you should you know try your hardest to not let it bother you but it's probably because they've got some kind of issue going on themselves and that's why they're saying it Betsy had a situation at school which I can talk about because actually it turned out to be all quite innocent that Betsy's got learning issues so there are certain things she finds really hard she's dyscalculous so maths for her is just almost impossible Um, and she has intervention at school to help her in a private tutor because she just can't do it dyscalculia is the dyslexia of maths so she finds it really hard when anything to do with numbers so she said there was a boy in her class and he kept taking the mickey out of her because she couldn't do simple sums and she came home and she was really upset and I said to her you know, you have to tell people that you, there's no shame in saying that you struggle with it or you find it hard. I said, because if you explain to him that you learn differently to him, because you know, you've got, I said to say to him, explain what you've got, because it's good for you in life to just be honest and tell people. So she did. And then it turned out afterwards, I said to her, so um, I said, what did he say, this boy? And she said, oh, well, I, I realized then that the reason why he'd been picking on me is because he's actually worse than me. 
And he, it was his sort of defense mechanism to almost go, you can't do it, no, 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 because he couldn't do it. And he was struggling. And they're actually really good friends now. Um, but she was, for a, a period of time, she was really upset about it. Um, but, you know, I always say to her as well, because I'm always completely honest and I'm useless at maths. I mean, I can't, I'm terrible. There's so many things that I've learned about myself through Betsy because I went to a school where it was, I mean, dyslexia and things like that were never recognised when I was a kid. But I've learned a lot about myself and my own learning problems through Betsy because, you know, we've been able to take her to a school where they're really on it with things like that. We've had her assessed. So we've kind of, we know what we're dealing with, with all her learning and having to get intervention and, you know, where she needs support in class. But I never had anything like that. But I've learned so much about myself through her. So that's why I say to her all the time as well, Look, I've got those problems, but I've just found other things in life that I'm good at and that I enjoy. So focus on that and don't make it a big issue. But kids can be very mean. What is the right thing to say to a child if they're being bullied? You know, I was both my sister and and me, we, we were bullied when we were at school. We had a really horrendous time. And it was only at that point where I turned around and stood up to these girls. There were these nasty, awful girls, four of them, in my sister's year. And they just hammered her and hammered her and hammered her for having big boobs and for having acne and for whatever other reason. And they didn't like me because I was sporty and I was popular with boys. And, you know, there was just, it was just a constant every single day, abuse, abuse, abuse. And it was only after I sort of turned around and and stood up to them. They backed off a little bit, but the damage had already been done with my sister. I mean, it affected her for years afterwards. So what is the right thing? If you see your child being bullied, what do you do? It's so hard, isn't it? And also the problem that you have as well um, is that sometimes like they'll say, go and speak to the teachers. But my friend's son is being bullied at the moment. Well, they're not in school at the moment, but it has been for the past few months. And he went and told the teacher and the teacher just said, you know, Oh, they're only joking. They're messing around. Didn't do anything about it. And this poor child was literally crying and shaking to go into school. It was so scared. Um, and not saying all teachers, but a lot of the time, yeah, they don't want to deal with it. And I think that's, you know, and it's so hard for them because then you've got the parents getting involved. And then, you know, and parents are saying like, their kid is being picked on, being accused of being a bully and they're not bullies. And it's very, very hard to know what the right thing to do is. Um I think with that situation with Betsy, I wasn't saying she was being bullied, but she was in a situation where I think once she'd explained it to this kid, he sort of then opened up to her and it became very apparent that he had the same issues. Um, but yeah, I don't even, I don't really know. Like my, my fear is, because obviously she's only 10, coming up to 10, but it's the secondary school. I think that's when things change. You feel like they're in this protective little bubble when they're in, their infant junior school but then as soon as you go to secondary school and you know the hormones have really kicked in and the body shapes change and then you've got the opposite sex showing interest in some girls and not others and that's that's when it becomes a real worry and I am I'm going to be honest I'm nervous about it I'm nervous about it for Betsy because I know there are certain things in school that she finds hard like she's not a naturally sporty kid she's got dyspraxia um she struggles with maths but you know what she's got? She's very funny, very quick-witted. And then I think she's very popular in a junior school because of that, because a lot of the kids find her funny. But that's kind of her defence. You know, it's like, I'll oh, do something funny and make people laugh. And it's kind of like what I did growing up, really. I used to do that. 
you mentioned and you kind of touched on, you know, when they get into secondary school and they've got boys around and um, I don't know if she's at a co-ed school now and have you had to have any of those conversations with her or is she too young? What age do you think is the right age to have those those um, conversations around relationships and exploring your sexuality? Yeah, we've well, they sort of, she's in year five. So it kind of starts when they towards the end of year five and then going into year six. And actually what was supposed to be happening is just before we the, obviously kids are broke, broken up now for Easter break, but they were about to start after Easter. The teachers sent a letter to us and said that we're about to start educating them about their bodies changing and, you know, and, but we're going to miss all of that because um, the chances are we'll probably be on lockdown still. So we're doing home education Um so I've got to sit and do everything with her. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Because I remember when I was a kid, I didn't – I don't think my parents ever sat me down and explained it all to me. I, everything that I learned was pretty much from the school playground. Um, yeah, same. Yeah. So just because they were of that generation, I think they were embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed to talk about it all with Betsy. I, I want to explain it to her because I, that's the one thing that I always felt that as a – growing up as a young woman – I kind of wished my parents, I'm not criticising them because my parents are amazing, but I do wish that I'd have had more of an open relationship with them to talk about things like boys and relationships and heartbreak and because we never really did. And then I think my mum and dad, because they've been together for years since they were young and they're still married and they never really had other relationships. So perhaps that's why they felt they never really felt qualified to discuss it with me. But um, I do want Betsy to be able to open up and talk to me about that because I think I'm, I ended up in a lot of r- bad and wrong relationships for the fact that I was just a bit naive and trying to sort of learn as I went along. Um, but I do feel like I've had enough experience to be able to sit down with Betsy and kind of, you know, make sure that she will do as much as I can to make sure, you know, that I'm there for her when she does get her heart broken or and how to deal with it in the right way. It's such a tricky and intricate relationship, the relationship between mother and daughter. And you, you, you know, you've got to get it right. Well, I mean, what is right? None of us have got the handbook, but, you know, getting, educating them, sorry, educating them and, and giving them the information about their own bodies and about, you know, their sexuality and, and kind of t- talking to them about that and letting them explore it. And, you know, everything that comes with it when you hit, you know, your teenagers and you go through puberty, but you don't want to expose them to it. At, at to, to an early age, but then you don't want to, you don't want them to be kind of, I don't know, like you don't want it to be too late because then they're catching up and then they miss out on it. And then, but then at the same time, I'm like, this is blowing my mind because I think if you sexualize a child too young, not sexualize, but if you, but if you talking about sex and it's happening at a too, too much of an early age, it, it brings up other issues as well. Yeah, it's the balance, isn't it? It's between teaching them and learning and them learning how you want them to know, you know, how you want them to learn and how you want them to know about it. Or do you let them find out misinformation from kids at school? Because it's either way, isn't it? They do. And the boys have clearly started saying things in Betsy's because the thing is at Betsy's school, she's an only child. So she hasn't got older siblings, but a lot of her friends in her class have got older siblings. So they've already started saying things to her. um, And she questions me when she comes home. I think the worst part for me is the doing the deed part when you've got to explain that because just think I remember as a kid looking at my mum and dad very differently and just thinking (laughs) and I feel like I don't want her 
to like look at us in that way, you know, it's just the worst feeling in the world. It's so embarrassing, isn't it? And it shouldn't be, but it kind of is. And you just think, oh, this little person who's always looked up to me thinks that I do that. And I do. <laughs> and I enjoy it. <laughs> oh, gosh. My mum kind of explained things to me. And I look at how Dozza wants to, my husband wants to explain things to our girls. And he's like, so oh, they're not going to explain it to you properly. Did she sit you down? And explain- yeah, she just did it. It was too early for me. Like, I'm not going to throw my mum under the bus, but but in hindsight, I experienced things and developed um, in my mind and with my body and with my relationships, or you know, just way too early. I did everything too early. And I think it sort of robbed an element of my childhood because I felt- so, Is it too much to ask how old, yeah- when you when it was all explained to you what age yeah I think probably like I got my period when I was 11 so it happened very early for me and same oh, as my young. sister yeah no I did as well though I got did it you? at 11 is that year seven yeah yeah so I, I, did I was 14 well. I was quite no, I was young. so I think at that point once you've started um menstruating and you're having your periods it's like you've got to know what's going on with your body so I think it happened it was just it, it wasn't as a I'm not blaming my mum here but I think the way she went about it and the conversations that she was having to like my family and oh yeah she's got a boyfriend and da-da-da. it was like I was just 12 I didn't have a boyfriend I was just holding a boy's hand like I was just exploring Mm -hmm. but it suddenly became something that it should have been I think the innocent side of it went away and I lost my virginity I was too young to handle that aged 14 do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have done it I wish I'd waited because it tainted my sexual relationships going forward yeah yeah I think it's difficult yeah but that's why I totally get like when you're saying with Dozzy you know your husband how he wants to explain it out I get yeah I see I had the opposite see I didn't I never had I feel like I had a lot of rubbish relationships and probably wasn't treated in the way that I would like to have been treated because I was so naive about everything that I was allowing guys that I was meeting and dating they were educating me in their own way for what they wanted yeah because I never really had that close like I'm very close to my parents. It's weird because we're really close, but we never talked about sex or anything like that. It's bizarre that we talk about everything else and how close we are, but we never really discussed it. And I kind of wish we had because I think that had a big effect on the choices that I made. When I was, um, well, like from 13 onwards, my mum used to work in the sex clinic. So she worked in family planning. And so all my friends used to go to my mum for advice on stuff like that. So I always knew all about like contraception and all of that kind of stuff. And when I had a boyfriend and I wanted to go on the pill, I could go to my mum about that. Absolutely, like all of those things. But I would never sit and talk to my mum about my sex life I would talk to her about contraception and she'd know that I'd be doing it but we wouldn't have like do you know what I mean like an open mm. conversation mm. Mm. who were mm. you talking to about that were you going to anybody oh yeah like my mates my yeah. friends mm. my friends and that the thing is it's like when you're you know a group of teenage girls are you giving each other the right advice probably not <laughs> it's, <laughs> nice that you, it's nice that you can talk to each other but none of you have got enough experience to be given you know the right advice yeah. um, it's difficult I don't yeah I don't know I don't know how do you build that relationship because you know some of my mates did have relationships with their mum where they would talk about blowjobs and all that kind of stuff when they were really young but is 
that too much? I don't know. Is that a line you just That's too much. I think that's too much. No judgment, no judgment. But I'm not, if anyone comes in and tells me about this amazing blowjob she's given somebody, I'm just not, I'm not into that chat. No, thank you. Me too. Okay, I'm glad, I'm glad. I'm not being a prude because I'm like, no, I just don't think I can have that conversation. I just don't want, no. She could talk to her mates about that. The real worry is, and this is a concern I think that I've got for Betsy, is because it's to do with the internet now as well and, and young boys and young girls thinking that because obviously there's so much access to like porn sites that yeah. they don't understand what a sexual relationship should be about the intimacy mm. and the connection between two people and it's just you know it's it's an act now isn't it that's just something that you do and it's not there's no um relationship building with it i think that's what worries me with social media and the internet and everything and just being young because most boys like not just boys and young women as well young ladies they all watch and they think that's how they have to be they have to act like a porn star in order for a guy a young guy to think Mm. that they're attractive those are all the things that really scare me as well Um, I think that's why I really that's what I want to sit with Betsy and really talk to her about so she really understands the difference I think that's as a parent, that's something you really do have to do with your children and that there are certain things, if you don't want to do it, you don't feel comfortable doing it, you have to say no. Um, and it's totally fine to say no. But, yeah, that's that's something that wasn't there when I was younger. We never had that. Yeah, and you know what as well, I think it's about, as again, it's going back to that arming, arming them with all of the information so that they feel empowered. They've got to feel empowered. They've got to know their bodies. They've got to know the risks. They've got to know like about the connection. They've got to know their choices. They know, they've got to know they can say no and no means no. And I don't want my children to be out, you know, having sex wherever they're doing it I'd rather them be safe and I know where they are and that, 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 that they've got the freedom to be able to do it under my roof Dozer doesn't see it that way he's like I, I can't even and I'm like of course our children are six three and two so we're not even thinking about yeah, it but yeah of course I yeah. had the safety of that that was one thing my parents did brilliantly that they always knew where I was and I, I wasn't off doing it somewhere else yeah same yeah, that's the same as me I was never even though I never had a lot of those conversations with my mum I was still, I used to go home. Like even when I used to go out, sneak out to go to a nightclub or something, I'd always go home. I wasn't one of those kids that, you know, would go around someone's house to meet a load of boys there or anything. Yeah. Yeah. really in that way. I was literally just looking out the window, though, when you were like talking about, you know, what you were saying with Dozza, like with Kit and Luna. And I'm looking out the window and Axel was playing cricket with James and Gigi's just sitting there and I'm literally thinking, <laughs> please, can this time just go as slow as I possible? I know, I know, I know. You never, you never want them to grow up, do you? And obviously, the is a bit no. further down the line to us. And look, no, I don't think none of us have got the answer. We don't know what the right thing is, but I think, that, you know, the one thing. That, that we can kind of take out of it hopefully is that communication and being able to talk to your children is absolutely key the minute you stop talking and then they stop talking to you it's like that's when potentially the problems can arise so you've got to be as absolutely. open as possible within the boundary of parent child and this is the thing it doesn't matter even after us when you new mums that they'll we'll all have the same worries fears concerns you know do you ever know and do you ever feel like you're getting it right i don't think any mum out there will ever say that they've they think they've done a brilliant job it's it's the hardest job in the world um it is. you know to try and educate them about anything to do with relationships and because it's always going to be different isn't it I mean it's like I said with my mum and dad because they've only ever had each other since they were practically teenagers 
my mum probably yeah. has never had those conversations with me just because she hasn't had any experience. She's probably thinking, I'm not qualified to tell you how to cope with a broken heart because I haven't been through it yet. Mm. So yeah. it's, you know, whereas I feel like I've had my heart broken so many times. But mm. then Betsy could end up, please, God, and I really hope this happens, meeting someone quite young and staying with them and having a really happy relationship that it may never come to that point mm. where I have to explain, I hope. Um, but who knows? We never yeah. know. That brings <laughs> us on to our question that we ask all of our guests. And what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given as a parent or you would give to another parent? Um, I think exactly what we've been talking about, communication. Um, just one of my very close friends, um, is she's got a daughter and she's only got one child. And I watched her. She's not much older than me, but she had a daughter very young. And I watched her raise her and just the way that they've communicated and talked the whole way through their relationship growing up. And her daughter's in her 20s now. And I think I learned so much from that. I used to just mm. watch and think that I would love to have that sort of relationship with my daughter. And I think she doesn't even know that I'm saying this, but actually I really admire what she, how she's raised her daughter and how they've mm. had that communication. And I think that's the key to everything, really. Even in the same, the same with relationships when you're in a partnership, you know, if you don't talk about things and, you know, you need to make sure that you express how you're feeling and, you know, when you do that, then I think things can be put right always if you're talking and just keeping that conversation flowing. Yes, yes. that's really, really lovely. Um, and um, Denise, we also like to ask our guests for their five favourite parenting products. Um, did you have a little think about those? Yeah, I've got um, some really good ones, actually. This will be reaching out to the mums who've got kids in schools and nursery. Um, one of the things I always say, because I never, ever wanted to get head lice when I was a kid. <laughs> I was really like, I really never wanted head lice and all my friends had them and I was like, I don't, I never thought, I was fortunate enough not to have them. Are you but taking the pets? I've got them at the moment. This is not funny. Yes. <laughs> right. And this is the truth because I've always used it on Betsy's hair since she was little. There's a spray that Hedrin do that I've always sprayed behind her ears when I wash her hair, always. And she's never had head lice and she's actually the only kid in her class. And this is the truth that never got head lice. Um, out of last year when a lot of the kids wow. had it. Yeah. That sounds so, brilliant. And it smells really nice. So just spray it behind her ears whenever she has her hair washed. Um, another one is, I never know how to pronounce it properly. Um, it's, which I don't use so much now, obviously, because Betsy's a lot older. But if you're a mum to someone young, if you get the nappy rash or anything, it's that yellow cream stuff. Met what's it called? metanium that's it yeah that's it and i'll tell you why it's so good as well even as your kids get a bit older because this is another thing you come up against whenever we go on holiday betsy spends so much time on the beach and in the sea she get, always gets like a sand rash on her bum and it's really good for that as well so nappy rash and like if sort of you know if you've been in the sea yeah. or in um on a beach nice so like that so that's another really good one you want five don't you so the third one would be um I would say if you're for you if you've got slightly older kids like Betsy's, she loves reading. I would definitely say David Williams's book collections are really good read for kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, having all of those. So we've we've recently, especially for the lockdown, we've ordered quite a few. They're brilliant books, and I've started reading them myself, and they're so well written and so funny. So reading good books, definitely David Williams' books are great. 
So as well, when if, if you've got a child sort of my daughter's age, which she's coming up to 10, obviously if they're going into secondary school, you know pretty much in secondary school most of the school's girls play netball and things. So I've actually recently bought, and it's not an expensive one, we just bought it for the garden, a basketball stand so Betsy can start getting her practice in now. Yes. So that we oh, that's nice. That's yeah. another really good tip as well. Another one as well, right, Just these are just apps and things on, on iPads and that because obviously, like I've said, I don't let Betsy always have her iPad, but we try and do a lot of learning on there. So, um, yeah, she's she. if you're going to do any learning of things like times tables and all of that, try and find the ones that are in song because we've always found that that's the easiest way to learn. In song, yeah, it's such a good idea. Because you'll yeah. always remember them. Yeah, and that's so, so true. Dyslexic, I, I was dyslexic. Well, I am dyslexic, um, and I always found singing and learning through singing much easier. I used to do it when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yoga <laughs> is really good. Betsy does a lot of yoga, so she has um, she she really enjoys yoga, and she finds it very hard at bedtime to switch off because she's um, her brain's always sort of racing. So she meditates at bedtime now as well, which is really nice for kids to do. I love that. Because yeah. there's a, an app called Cosmic Kids Yoga, which I've been doing with Axel, and that's fine even for like three-year-olds. It's brilliant. Well, I'll have to have a look at that one, definitely. I love that. All right, ladies. Well, listen, we're going to wrap things up because we've chatted for 50 minutes, and I love that. Denise, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You have been an absolute dream thank to have you. on. Thank you. It's been amazing. It's a nice way to catch up, and it's just made my lockdown just um, a little bit special. Thank you. Yeah, and ours. Thank okay. you so much, Dan. Right, talk to you soon. Lots of love. Lots of love. Take care. Bye. Oh, wow. That was such an incredible conversation. Such a powerful one to have. I know. I think until you start talking about it and you sort of sharing your views and opinions with friends, you, you don't realise how important... Well, you do know how important it is, but you really realise how important it is and how every decision you make can have an effect um, on your children later in life. Yeah, I was talking to a mate of mine the other day and he basically just turned around to me and said, you need to give yourself a break because, you know, yes, your mum was amazing. Maybe she made some, some you know, d- difficult or different decisions bringing you up, but that doesn't mean that you're going to make the same mistakes. Because I was, I was really feeling the pressure. I was like, but hang on a minute. If like, if I do what, you know, some elements of what my mum did to me, then Luna is going to have the same reaction that I did. And she's going to really rebel and kick back and all this stuff. And that he was like, your Luna is not you. Like, exactly, she's not, yeah. she's not going to behave in the same way. You, you, you know, you have the power to control that. So yeah. And with the online bullying and stuff, obviously our kids are so little, but obviously it's a really big, it's a really big scare. Yeah, and it's something that will come around so like so quickly. And yeah. I think the more we sort of thought it through and the more prepared we are, then the better for when the time comes. And also with the kids making comments and stuff, you know, even Isla, at, like she's not even seven yet. And somebody said to her at school, you know, the other month, they were like, oh, why is that tooth uh, browner than the other tooth? And she came back and she was like, um, so, so I want to get my teeth whitened. And I was like, you're six. Don't like, you know, but what they say really has an impact. So, yeah, I think we all need to be really aware of what we're saying to our kids and obviously just picking up on what they're being told at school. Yeah, we really do. We really do. 
so products again I think it's a weird one to do like five proper products but I think if we just talk about you know things that we're loving this week any little games we've been playing with the kids yeah and anything to get us through lockdown basically exactly yeah <laughs> uh, I'm going to kick off with um it's I guess it's like a traditional toy brand they're called Melissa and Doug um we have got this really cool kind of like interactive game that we're playing with um kit at home they're all really lovely like wood, wooden toys and this is to practice his um his objects and his numbers and his colors i mean obviously he's not even two yet so he doesn't know numbers but like i'm holding them up and i'm going what color is this and he's going purple and then i'm like what yeah. color is this? red like he's starting to understand from from this toy it's brilliant and then i found him the other yeah. day playing on his own just going oh airplane no 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 it was sweet actually it's really sweet yeah i love it i've got a lot of fancy dress costumes for axel from melissa and doug they're um they are really cute and i think they're better quality than a lot of them they're slightly more expensive but way better quality um so another thing for me this week that's been getting um, getting us through lockdown, um, I spoke before about how we were sort of teaching Axel phonics and stuff. And I've got to be honest, the apps and stuff are sort of wearing a bit thin and he's like, oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to do my, I don't want to do it on the iPad. No, I don't want to. So we've been trying to think of ways to make it a bit more fun. So what we're doing at the moment is each day we'll do our learning around like a theme. So like today, yeah. this morning, we did Paw Patrol because um, he's been loving Paw Patrol at the moment. So we've been doing the phonics with the four, um, with Paw Patrol characters. So like Chur for Chase and Scuff for Sky and all that kind of stuff. And then again, the same if we're doing numbers, we're doing like, you know, how many Paw Patrols on the table? If I take away two Paw Patrols, how many yeah. have you got? And he seems to be so much more like engaged with it. That's a great um, idea. Yeah, I think if you're hitting a bit of a brick wall with just sitting down on the, you know, on the iPad or even like with some of these books, it's nice to just switch it up yeah. and just, make it a bit more playful yeah yeah just make it a bit more playful and i think you get their attention a bit better so meanwhile Gigi's sitting on the floor with a saucepan and the uh, wooden spoon (laughs) (laughs) another thing that um we did over the easter weekend which didn't cost anything at all and kept them entertained for the longest time uh, we went out on our one walk on Sunday and when we were out in the park we collected um, these sticks loads of different shapes and sizes loads of different like branches coming off them brought them back to our garden and I basically um, set the girls up outside and kit with paint paintbrushes and I just let them paint the sticks um such a simple idea and I thought in my yeah. head I was thinking, oh, this will probably take 10 minutes and then they'll be bored of it they sat down for nearly an hour and a half <gasps> all the different sticks that we had then they would then they were painting just you know painting on paper and they really 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 liked it um so, so good they yeah. looked really good as well actually I was very impressed yeah, they look, oh, well, it wasn't me. It was my children. Um, <laughs> yeah, they look good. And obviously, again, just doesn't cost anything. So, which yeah, is what we need at the moment. Good. So, Gigi actually did get a toy <laughs> this week. Um, I got her a VTech walker. So, Axel had one as well. And they're sort of, they can sit down and they can play with stuff on the front. So there's like music and I think there's like a little phone and shapes and stuff. But then obviously as well, it encourages them to stand up at the back of it and walk around. Um, so yeah she was playing with that this morning and she did actually stand up straight away and start trying to walk with it so um, yeah she's got yeah. a toy bless her I remember, um, I remember Luna absolutely loving her walker because she could just it was just a bit of independence for her she could just fly up and down on it yeah um, it's yeah. amazing how quickly they learn as well yeah 
so we love Jackie potatoes and especially the kids. So I know like I'm always posting recipes and that kind of stuff, but quite often they just have Jackie potatoes, beans and cheese for their lunch. But one of my big bugbears is that they're always big potatoes. Axel doesn't want to share and obviously Gigi doesn't really know. So then I end up doing two and they don't get eaten. Well, on my Cardo shop, I found <laughs> that banisters do little ones. So they're the little frozen potato. Um, jacket potatoes and then you just put them in the microwave for five minutes and they're um yeah they're just smaller this is such a win i'm gonna start doing this we're not really like a jacket potato family you know some people absolutely love them because dozer and i don't eat them we just don't give them to the kids um but i know that they love them so i'm gonna do that all right well listen we've got more another podcast coming out this week which is really exciting later on in the week so we we won't tell you who we're chatting to but it is an expert chat um, with two people that we've worked with and um, and recorded podcasts with before. So you're going to love that. But um, today's been amazing. And as always, please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. And if you do want to send us a little message, how do they do that? Um, so you can drop us a message at Made by Mummers or on Zoe's own channel at Zoe Hardman. Yeah, listen, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys stay safe and we'll see you for more podcasts on Friday. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.